quick because this is so important. We have to keep this in mind in this series and especially after today. (laughs) The quest for the radical middle, okay? What am I talking about? I'll tell you. A major issue that's consuming God's people and wearing them out is legalism. There are at least two things in scripture called leaven. And if you remember, I talked about more than two, but I'm going to focus on two today. Paul called malice and wickedness leaven in 1 Corinthians 5, 6 to 8. Sin and wickedness is leaven in scripture. Paul also referred to legalism as leaven. That's Galatians 5, 9. Jesus also warned of the teaching of the Pharisees and called them leaven. Legalism, the religious spirit. Remember, I talked all about the religious spirit. Okay, Mark 8, 15. Where am I going with this? Oh, actually, I want to read this. I want you to notice, actually, in what context Paul is calling, uh, next slide, Kim, sorry, calling sin and wickedness leaven. He's talking to the Corinthians who were living in lawlessness. There's, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just read this. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch, as you really are. Um, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival not with the old bread leavened with malice and wickedness. That's what the leaven there. But with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. He goes on. Drunkards, all that. That's in the context of wickedness. Next verse is Galatians 5.9. Talking about legalism, because that's the ditch Galatians fell in. On the path of life, there's two ditches. Lawlessness on one side, legalism on the other. We have to stay in the path of life. The Corinthians got in the ditch of lawlessness, and he said, hey, no. And the whole letter's correcting them. The Galatians got in the ditch of legalism, and he said, no. Right, So those two letters, the focus of them is to get them out of the ditches and get them back on the path of life. So you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You've fallen away from grace because they got into legalism. This is why I'm talking about this today. I cannot fathom me preaching something that gets you into legalism. And I'm going to, that's why this is important. No way. I'm not going to cut you guys off from grace. We need that at the core of everything we do. If you get into legalism, it's not sin that's cutting you off from grace. It's law, according to this scripture. For through the Spirit, we eagerly wait by faith the righteousness from which we hope. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision or uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Remember, we talked about love. You were running a good race who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth. That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast... Leaven works through the whole batch of dough. You see that? What is leaven? It's like yeast. You put leaven in dough, it saturates the whole dough, expands it, and puffs it up. So you have legalism on one side. I already said this. Lawlessness on the other side. Okay? And they're both being called leaven because they'll saturate your life, and they'll do you in if you let them run their full course. They will be the end of you. If you let either of them run you the full course, you need to always be in guard against both of them. So the key point, the radical middle, there's a ditch on either side of the path of life. Legalism on one side, lawlessness on the other. Many people, and this is a tragedy because I see this with some of the people I know. Many people fall in one ditch and then they overreact. 
Okay? So, for example, they might fall into the ditch of legalism and then overreact and then fall on the other side of lawlessness. So they can't even hear words like, hey, works, you're gonna be ba- your life's going to be based off of what you do in this life. No way, that's works. <laughs> you know what? Okay, I'm going to stick to the notes. <laughs> Lord have mercy. The path of life is going between those two ditches. The path, to stay on the path, the radical middle, you need to stay between those two ditches. Okay, and we want to help people stay on the path of life. Now look at this, Galatians 1.3. I'm just trying to speed through this, but we need, we need to hear this. You foolish Galatians who's bewitched you, it's witchcraft. This is a strong witchcraft to put people under legalism. Witchcraft. That's why I'm talking about this right now. I am not going to put you under legalism if I can help it. So I want you to hear me say this. Who's bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Do you know what's so provocative about this? We read it and we don't realize Paul is calling the law works of the flesh. He's putting it in the same category, if you read Galatians 5, 19 through 21, as drunkenness, sexual immorality, debauchery, and orgies. He's saying the works of the law are the same thing. They're works of the flesh, and you're not getting salvation through them. Okay? So, very critical. Warning against a ditch of legalism. A religious spirit tries to get us basing our standing with God on our works, on religious performance rather than what's purchased by us by the cross of Jesus Christ. Okay? A religious spirit, and that usually operates through imposing legalism, is trying to get us to base our acceptance with God on performance rather than on relationship. We've been born again into his family, and we are family by the blood of Jesus. Okay, so our works, which we should be zealous for, our works is not driven by fear and not driven from a perspective of trying to be acceptable to God. We already have that acceptance. The true works come from the position of already having the acceptance from God, not trying to get it. We do these things out of love for him. And that's what Jesus was saying. If you love me, the fruit of that is you're obeying my commands. If you don't love me, you're not going to. You got it? It's the difference between a bride who tries to make sure she's spotless for the bridegroom out of fear that he'll smack her if she isn't completely perfect. Versus the bride who wants to be spotless for her bridegroom because she loves him so much she wants to be perfect for him. You see the difference? Is it out of fear or is it out of love? Perfect love casts out fear. It can't be out of fear. Because as soon as you get into fear, you can get into legalism that can cut you off from the grace of Christ. So we got to be careful. Always remember, our standing with God is based on our faith in Jesus and his atonement and abiding in him. Nothing else. I'm talking about salvation now. Okay? And I love this quote by Gordon Fee, and it's so true. Anything that's done as a regulatory measure to identify people as Christ's rather than the Spirit is a form of slavery. In other words, the only thing that identifies you as a believer is whether you have the Holy Spirit or not. I could, make you, I could show you in Scripture that's the only thing. The only way you know if you're a believer, I could show you tons of Scriptures on this, is whether you have the Spirit or not. That's the only thing. Anything else 
is a form of slavery if you try and base your standing off Christ off anything else. I'm talking about salvation, okay? So, quest for the radical middle. The question is, how do you stay in the radical middle? In other words, the path of life. How do you stay on the path of life and not go into the ditch of legalism like the Galatians and not go into the ditch of lawlessness like the Corinthians? Romans 11.22. Behold the kindness and severity of God. He's both a lion and a lamb. Okay? To those who fell, severity. But to you, God's kindness, if, there's a condition, if you continue in his kindness, otherwise you will also be cut off. It doesn't say once saved, always saved. Even though Romans 9 through 11, people use to say that it's predetermined, it is not. This is in Romans 11. If you continue in his kindness. Okay? So, the kindness of God keeps you out of legalism. The severity of God keeps you out of lawlessness. Another way of saying that the love of God keeps you out of legalism. The fear of God keeps you out of lawlessness. And that's why the fear of God is a good thing. Because if we don't have the fear of God, we are going potentially into lawlessness. And we don't want to go there. So I'm going to trumpet the fear of God and embrace it. And God, by his grace, hopefully he'll get us drunk on it. I know it's possible. <laughs> okay. So remember this quote I gave you. What we do with the cross determines where we spend eternity. This is also the radical middle. Salvation is by grace and not by works, lest we boast. But the way we live as believers determines how we're going to spend eternity. Works are not a bad thing. In fact, the crux, the foundational scripture of the Protestant Reformation, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, you're not saved by works, right, by, but by grace through faith. Right after it says, because you're all God's handiwork, created in Christ to do good works. The irony is you don't hear Protestants talking about the next verse, and it's right after you're saved by grace through faith so that you do good works. Okay? So it's okay. Good works are necessity. And they're going to determine how you spend eternity, but not your salvation. You got it? And we need that as a foundation. I love this quote by John or not. Keep you in suspense. <laughs> Lovers outwork workers every time. You hear that? Lovers outwork workers every time. What's he saying? Like the bride I told you about. She's not getting this. The one who loves the bridegroom is getting perfect and spotless because she, out of love, because she so loves her husband. And she's doing nice things for him, not because she has to, because she wants to, versus the bride who's doing it out of fear of him like smacking her and being whatever, right? You see the difference? The lover is going to, the one who's in love is going to outwork and do more things for her husband than the worker who's doing it out of obligation. You see, you see that? So I want to end on this. If you guys are okay, we'll pray after. <laughs> this is from Jude 20, verses 25. 
And this is the doxology from Jude, and I love it. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves in your most holy faith and by praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love, in God's love, as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Remember I talked about how can we be confident on the day of judgment? The love of God. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corruption. To him who's able, now this is where I'm going. This is the doxology. I love this. To him, Jesus Christ, who's able to keep you from stumbling, whether in lawlessness or legalism. To him who's able to keep you from falling away and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. I love other translations say exceedingly great joy. Exceeding joy. To the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. What's he saying? He's able to keep us on the path of life. He's able to keep us from stumbling. And he's going to present us before the Lord on the day of judgment with exceeding joy. Right? That's what he's praying for them. And he's saying. So. So. (laughs) How do I end this one? Fear the Lord. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to pray for all of us. That's how we end. And like I said, I mean, this is a tough message for all of us. And, and I just want to pray that the love of the Father saturates us right now, knowing his unconditional love. Father, I pray for each and every one of us, Lord. I ask that you fill us, Father, with your love. I ask that you fill us with your power so that we may know your love. Lord, I ask you that, like I prayed earlier, that we would know the depths of your love and the height and the width and the breadth. Father, that we would grow in the knowledge of you, that we'd be filled with the knowledge of you through your Holy Spirit so that we'd live a life worthy of you and please you in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of you, being strengthened with all power according to your glorious might so that we may have all great endurance and patience. And we give joyful thanks to you, Father, who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. We thank you that you've rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son you love and whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. May we never forget that. Lord, I ask you to keep us on the path of life and that we would not fall on the side of legalism or in the ditch of lawlessness, but that we would live our lives completely and fully surrender to you. Lord, we ask for the revelation of your will and for the grace to empower us to fulfill love so that when we stand before you, we will have confidence on Judgment Day saying, yes, we learned how to love. Help us to obey your teachings. Help us to obey your commands. Help us to obey your Holy Spirit as you speak to each and every one of us. And Lord, I just ask if you're convicting us of anything, that you would give us the grace to repent And to turn back to you without condemnation. I just break off any condemnation in Jesus Christ. No shame. But Lord, we thank you that the fear of the Lord is clean. And it endures forever. And Lord, we just ask for that grace right now. The spirit of the fear of the Lord. That we walk in the fear of the Lord like Jesus did and delight in it. So we just... Thank you for revelation, knowledge, to know how to walk as you walked and to live as you lived.
We just ask for a greater knowledge of your grace and also a, great, a greater knowledge of your kindness and an even greater knowledge of your severity. In Jesus' name, oh, amen. Oh, wow.